afternoon, morning, wherever you are, whenever you are, welcome to another episode of the Best of Five show. Now, not only on Twitch, now also at youtube.com forward slash best of V show. No more random characters. Congratulations, everybody. Thanks to you guys, we have reached the minimum of 100 subscribers on YouTube to unlock a custom URL. So let's hope that keeps building up over there. And also, big ups to Steve. He's the one that's kind of doing all the work on that. I'm not going to lie. So big ups to Steve, everybody. Give him a round of applause. Steve, Thank give you. yourself a round Thank of applause you. on your back. Can I give myself two snaps in a circle instead? Go for it. Perfect. It's Tonight been a while. Show. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing back two snaps in a circle. All right. We'll, 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 make a, we'll make a bit out of it. It'll be great. Tonight on the show, we're going to talk about what happened this weekend. We're going to talk about the fact that Nephew won two Capcom Cup qualifiers. Therefore, is that gatekeeping? We're going to discuss that, and maybe we'll come to a conclusion. Who knows? Uh, we're also going to talk about the big KOF 15 drop that happened a couple weeks ago that we didn't get a chance to touch on. We're going to talk about the developer backyard information that they released for Guilty Gear Strive because there are big things in the horizon. And we're going to do the first ever patented quick hit slash block grab. We're mixing up everything because we got a couple things to react to as well as a bunch of other fun stuff. Join with me as always is the man, the myth, the legend, the main squeeze, the Steve, Ace King, Officer Jerick. Steve, how, how goes it? How's it going? It goes like a river, slowly but steadily. That was, that was deep. Like a like river. A, yeah, like a river. Well, sometimes. It's... You know, you always got to be careful because sometimes if you choose Forge in Oregon Trail, you might not make it to the other side. That's why you start as the accountant and just pay for, just pay to be ferried over. Yeah, true. Ferries usually do win. All right. With all this banter out of the way, let's check that one off the list. <laughs> Steve, uh, for Next those of you that are listening. investment is actual checkboards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for those of you that are listening in, I apologize, but I literally turned around on my wall and checked off my wall. Not like with a marker or anything, because this is I'm renting, but I just pretended like I checked something. Anyway, Steve, what happened this weekend? Can we please get the good old patented recap? I think we can do that. Uh, we have a, a little bit of a different start because we're starting with a first, at least okay. a first from this year. Uh, let's take a look at the results of the cpt event from this past week and that was the north america west event uh a familiar name up top nephew for the second time this year wins the uh cpt online west event however obviously because he won the first one he's already qualified for capcom cup so now it is the runner-up who gets that. It is Chris CCH, who uh, made it to losers, made it to the grand final. He is the person headed to Capcom Cup from this event. Samurai and Flaquito rounding out the top four, and all USA top eight. Corey Bell, 
the highest finishing Canadian player. Oh, Filipino man. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. And not because Filipino man hasn't been doing great. It's because I haven't been paying attention. His his priority shifted for a little bit, but we're starting to see more of him in uh, competitive events. So it is good to see him. I remember actually uh, interviewing him back at CEO a few years ago when he was in the middle of that Team YP Mm. uh, debacle, which was... Yeah, unfortunate. (laughs) It it was very unfortunate. Um, For those of you who don't remember, uh, there was a brief period of time where YouPorn created a uh an esports team mm-hmm. and they branded it team yp which was not it didn't have porn in the name but it was the exact same colors exact same font as uh their website and then capcom's like nope can't do that so him and valmaster uh they had to wear they decided to wear shirts where it didn't have a sponsor name on it, but it looked like the the shirt was pixelated, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Yeah, and they that also led to uh, Bud Light no longer being a sponsor, along with a couple of other companies that were also big sponsors of fighting game events at the time too. That was a that was a big deal. Crazy how long it it feels like that's been forever ago. It does feel like six seven years. <laughs> it hasn't been that long, but yeah, for man. sure. Anywho, let's get back to this recap. I know we were talking about the Capcom Pro Tour. Now, Steve, you were talking about how Nephew is winning for the second time. So Chris CCH makes it to Capcom Cup 8. I'm giving him a round of applause here. Uh, Congratulations to Chris CCH for going into getting into Capcom Cup qualifying. Uh, Now, what? why... I just want to hit this up before we keep going with the recap. What is what does nephew get? You mean out of entering? Yeah. And winning? Yeah. So, uh, in terms of Capcom Cup qualification, nothing. Mm-hmm. You you either get in or you don't. Uh, and since he's already gotten in, he gets nothing on uh, in that regard. However. Uh, with each of these CPT online events, aside from uh, the Brazilian event, due to uh, Brazilian gaming laws, mm-hmm. there's a $5,000 prize pool split up around uh, amongst top four. 2500 for first, 1200 for second, mm-hmm. and then eight, 800 and 500 for third and fourth, respectively. So he still has something to play for. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Now that we've hit that up, I would that was just my morbid curiosity because I wasn't entirely sure. Now that we've hit that up, Steve, what's next on the recap? How about some good ass Tekken? Good ass Tekken. That's that sounds like a plan. Sure. We had the final two Tekken Online Challenge master events this past weekend. Uh th- this past weekend was actually the last chance to earn points. Uh, for uh, the online challenge as a whole. So as of now, all of the regions have their top eight points earners locked in. And we'll talk about the format they're using for those regional finals uh, later in the show. But we have to throw it back to the past Tekken World Tour events because 
we've got a familiar pair up top. JDCR and Saint. Uh, if you remember the days when they were win- trading wins basically the entire tour, mm-hmm. anywhere they went. Uh, one and two in the Korean Online Master this year. JDCR coming out the victor. It's really, weird. it's really weird not seeing Echo Fox up there, too. It is. You know, I... <sighs> Rest in peace, De- Echo Fox. Yeah, dude. Again, another thing that feels like it was forever ago, <laughs> but really wasn't that forever ago. <laughs> These last few years have felt like ten years. Yeah, for sure. I I feel like just last year felt like a millennium. It really does. But I mean, let's take a look at the rest of the standings because you've mm-hmm. got some really strong players throughout this. Uh, Throughout this tournament, you've got obviously Infested and Cherry Berry Mango rounding out the top four. Uh, you've got Chanel and Nee making top eight. You've mm-hmm. got players like John Ding, iMusician, Kakoma, Puma missing out on top eight. And even out of top 16, you've got players like Dodoring. Oh, missing wow. out. Yeah, yeah, he went 0 and 2. You know what? I always love hearing when like big players go into because it's a good reminder that it can happen to anyone. You know what I'm saying? It really it really can. It it ha- has to happen to someone. It's happened to everybody. Yeah. No one comes out the womb uh making it out of pools except for Mike Ross. That's not even a joke. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, it's always fun to remember. 50% of the tournament loses their first match. 25% of the tournament goes 0-2. It's always always good to remember, just in case everybody's getting burnt out there if you're attending competitions and going 0-2 a lot. Always remember. Yeah, also for the people who are going for the first time. You know, they're afraid of embarrassing themselves. Guess what? You you scan the room, pretty much everyone's going to eat a loss at some point. You know, yeah. we, we, we all just want to get together and mash buttons. No and, one's going to laugh at you unless you do something extra, extra mm-hmm. stupid. Yeah, and but. that's and that's a really important point. It's like there's this fear of embarrassing yourself or whatever for going 0-2. But, man, like when you're offline, all the talking that happens tends to go away, right? Like you, you just – that's why they call them the stream monsters, right? The people who chill in the chat. Granted, everybody's a stream monster nowadays because we're all stuck inside – but uh, man, I remember, I remember going. My first tournament ever was Winter Brawl uh, in 2013, and I went 0-2. But after both matches, I had really good conversations with the people who beat my ass, and I got to learn a lot of stuff. Right? One of them was Kyle's P, playing Honda, and he's the person who runs like all the local Philly stuff. So, you know, just make it go, go out and make some friends. You know, everybody there loves fighting games. Ain't no reason for you to be worried about it. You know, get, get rid of that feeling of shame because that's all, like, in here. It's not out here. Everybody understands out here. And now Big for Lil says his proudest days when he could finally call himself a one and two I remember my that happening to me as yes. well. So it's a good feeling, man. <laughs> you know, especially if that one doesn't come by DQ. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, <laughs> you know, if it does come by DQ, no one's got to know. Yeah. You know, on paper, you won that match. Mm-hmm. You, 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 
it's not your fault that they didn't show up. So you would have yeah. beat them anyway. I, I feel extremely bad because my first one and two was because the other person couldn't set up their controller right on Street Fighter 4 because it was set on the arcade button settings. And I didn't know how to help them fix it. But anyway, still went one and two, though. Man, my fault. Uh, could, I'd ha- I have to uh, go back and listen to that uh, when I'm recording because that definitely sounded like not your problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. And Cozy Cider subscribing with a tier one cozy cider what's up thank you so much for subbing to our little show here thank you thank you very much we do appreciate everyone who subscribes to us everyone who follows us we really do appreciate it it lets us do things uh like change up the look of the show in ways that we're not going to mention yeah it's a secret steve we're still in the middle of the recap i'm sorry my brain's all over the place we are, because we were talking about players getting eliminated early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll be talking about that again, because the Japanese online master event took place. You had some killers in top eight. You definitely had some killers out of top eight. Again, uh, getting the win over Nobi in That's the grand surprising. final. Double and Ao rounding out the top four. But again, you've got players like Chikorin, Keisuke, uh You've got Naroma and you, mainstays of Tekken World Tour, uh, grand finals and top mm-hmm. eights outside of top eight here. But even beyond that, Rang Chu outside of top 16. Eugen Boy outside of top 16. You've got players like Terrace Cutter, who doesn't really make it out to a ton of Tekken World Tour events, mm-hmm. but a really strong player. Take. Uh, not even top 16. Yu Yu, Tanukata, they were out of top 32. Wow. Hakayo, like, like, there is Ooh. no shame. Kuro Kuro, there is absolutely no shame. And there was someone who really, uh, who I got a little surprised went 0-2. Let me see if I can find them again. But yeah, it's just like... It's it's incredible. It's no really matter incredible. what. Yeah, no matter what. It, you are... You're going to show up. It's going to happen to you at some point. You know who else is incredible? And you know who else shows up at some point? And we can always count on them. It's Die by Sword. Subscribing for two whole years. Oh, the big two. Uh, um... You want to double check that? Is that four years? That's four years. Well, he said the big two, so I got hit with it. All right, four I think years. We're the big two, mostly because we're calling both me big fat? men. I, I'm not calling you fat. I'm calling me fat. Well, maybe I'm calling me fat. However, you want to categorize yourself. You know what? That's your call. Anyway, die by sword. <laughs> Thank you. The we always love calling him the patron saint of best of five because he alone unlocked some emote slots for us back in the day. <laughs> he, and he does have the first uh, the founders badges there. Good stuff. Good stuff. Die by sword. Good to see you as always. That was a bow. Let's talk about Street Fighter League, shall we? Shall we? I mean, we shall. That's what I meant to say. Uh, we had more action in the Japanese Street Fighter League. Uh, 
format is four matches per round, but those rounds are split up into two days. So you've got uh, two that took place earlier today or last night if you're over in Japan. Uh, and then the other two matches of this round will be taking place on Thursday, or at least airing on Thursday. Through the first one and a half rounds, Tokido's Roto Z squad on top of the standings with seven points. Uh, they got the 3-1 win over uh, Saishunkan Seoul on uh, Thursday. So they are on top of the table. But everyone is on the scoreboard with at least two points. Uh, Gyogun, the last team to get on the scoreboard, uh, pulling out a 2-2 tie with Roto-Z on uh, earlier today. So uh, you've got more action on Thursday and then Tuesday uh, for the start of round three. And speaking of starting things, we had the start of the U.S. Street Fighter League uh, air on this past Thursday evening. Started out with a bang for the European squad, Vodafone Giants. Dominant 3-0 win over UIU. They only dropped one game. Uh, Panda Global and Nasser Esports in a much tighter affair. Uh, a 3-2 win at the end of the day, thanks to Punk getting uh, a pair of victories. So they, so Vodafone Giants and Panda start the tape. Uh, start their campaigns at 1-0. Bandits and Nordavind will face off in week two, which will be on Thursday. And we had a couple of big offline events take place. Uh, we can look north of the border uh, at the Pinnacle. This was the Canadian event that took place. Plenty of great fighting game action here. Punk pulling double duty, going straight from the Street Fighter League set, wink, wink, uh, along with Justin to take the title. Uh, Justin got second here. He, like, he, Justin didn't win any tournaments, but he got, like, top three in pretty much everything. Yeah, he got top, he got second in Street Fighter, he got third in Guilty Gear Strive, and he also got second in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Yeah. Uh, but Jabril, a name we haven't seen in a while, getting the win mm -hmm. in Marvel 3. Uh, Moist Moki, your Smash Melee champion. Uh, Scrot Vermillion, winning one of the first offline uh, uh, Melty Blood type Lumina events. So congratulations to them. Uh, Super Noon, as you as you uh, you you mentioned, Strive. Super Noon is the person who kept Justin off the top of the mountain or the pinnacle of the mountain. Also, <laughs> shoutouts to uh, shoutouts to Ouch, or uh, that's a definite entry to best na bestie name of the week. And I'm and I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be an Interrobang. Mm, mm hmm. Mm hmm. Which, you know, I think if you use an Interrobang in your name, that's an automatic win. True. But yeah, I'm a fan. That's my that's that's in the contention there for bestie name of the week. Ouch. 
Do you wonder? I, I really wonder, like, how was he called for pulls? Yeah, I need a uh, tweak and ouch. Ouch. <laughs> I think they just kick the table or kick the <laughs> table leg before they yell it out. It's tweak versus punk. Ouch. Well, it's got the it's it's a it's a question. Ouch. It's got that question mark. So maybe they like hit the table that wasn't there. They, they missed that the, there was a table in front of them and they got confused. So, uh, we also had Low Tier City. This was more of a Smash-focused event that took place this past weekend, but there was some FGC action. Uh, on the traditional FGC side of things, Tommy Two-Step, your Street Fighter champion, Chad, Droth, Dr Chad draws things, excuse me, winning Dragon Ball Fighters, King Gambler getting the win in MK11, and Trojan taking the Tekken 7 title. Uh, but the big event was Smash Ultimate Singles. That one had the $7,500 prize, and uh, that was run by MK Leo, uh, who, wins, who won the singles title. Luis and Send getting the doubles crown in Ultimate. Good weekend for Ginger. Uh, not only getting the melee crown, melee singles crown, but also teaming up with Gatsu to get the doubles crown. And then we've got a few things to keep an eye out for this week, coming weekend. Um, of course, Street Fighter League going on, uh, the U.S. and Japanese Street Fighter Leagues. You still have the Dragon Ball Fighters online Tenkaichi events. Coming on strong, uh, the um, U.S. East, or U.S. West, excuse me. No, U.S. East, I apologize. That will be this weekend. And you also have Celtic Throwdown. Uh, they just tweeted out their stream schedule, but that's going to be going down on Saturday and Sunday. One of the first big European offline FGC events. So that will be interesting to watch. Uh, I know on... Unequaled Media is going to be one of the main channels, but uh, Spag is going to have some on their channel. Uh, and then there's a couple others. I have that on my Twitter page as well as the uh, Celtic Throwdown Twitter, which is at Celtic Throwdown. Awesome. Is that Was that it for the recap? Did we look uh, to the past and then the future? We did. Mm, nice. Uh, before we move on to our first topic, I do want to remind everybody, you can hit us up at bestofvshow at gmail.com and just say, either say hi or give us an opinion on something we talked about, which we're going to talk about something where opinions differ right now. So we were talking about Nephew's big uh, double win in the Capcom Cup qualifiers. Steve, a lot of people have been saying that this is gatekeeping, that he shouldn't be allowed to enter twice. What are your thoughts on this? I actually lean a little bit more towards that than not. Um, this is an issue we've had before in these online qualifiers. The big thing for me is obviously here's in defense of this. Um, as we mentioned, there is a cash prize on top of the qualification spot. So, I, I, it does feel unfair to say 
nephew, just because you won the first one, you don't get a chance to win the second one. Uh, you know, there aren't a ton of opportunities out there for Street Fighter players to make decent chunks of change playing the game right now. So to sort of be disqualified from one of those, I, I understand not wanting to do that. The issue when you when you tie qualifying into a winner-take-all thing and allow previous winners to get it is that even if they don't sandbag in grand finals or they don't, uh, there is no collusion, it creates the opportunity for there to be collusion. You know, maybe they, maybe the player uses, uh, maybe the person who won the first event uses a super off-the-wall strategy against uh, another opponent. Maybe they, maybe their focus snaps and they don't try as hard once they get to grand finals or in winner's finals or... And I'm not saying that's what happened here. Let, let me make that clear. I am not saying that. Uh, Nephew played incredibly well. CCH played... Uh, Chris played incredibly well. And Chris certainly uh, is deserving of getting there. But the my worry is when you allow players to, re, to enter in these sorts of situations, it creates the opportunity for those types of things to happen. Now let me let's look at this another way. Actually, before we even keep going, Die by Sword fulfilling his duty as the patron saint of Best of Five has gifted a sub to Tuhalu, who's been with us, who's been following us for a long time, but hasn't been subbed. So big ups to Die by Sword and Tuhalu. You better thank the man, the myth, the legend, the Die by Sword. Now you can play block rap with us. Congratulations. Yeah, get some use out of those emotes. Yeah, which we're gonna be changing soon. Uh, it's gonna be fun. Uh, either way. Let's get back to this discussion. So your your thought is that allowing people to enter a tournament after they've qualified lowers the stick. Die by Sword once again. Sub to Finitude. Thank you, Die by Sword. <laughs> He's going crazy in there. It's been a while. Uh, <laughs> so your worry is that people who have already qualified entering a tournament again are more likely to collude and let other players or sandbag the tournament and f like find ways of kind of uh, finagling the tournament to their advantage in the long run. Is that correct? Maybe not more likely, but it gives them the opportunity to do so. Okay. Uh, do you not think that that opportunity is there when they're not qualified? I mean, obviously it's there, but it comes at a cost. If you don't try... You know, in the first tournament, you don't win the first tournament. And when you're talking about, you know, it, I'm talking about in terms of Capcom Cup qualification. Because mm -hmm. it's either you get it or you don't. Um, if you screw around in the first tournament or, you know, maybe collude to let your buddy win in winner's finals or something like that, when you don't have qualification locked up then you take the risk when you do have qualification locked up there's nothing to lose there's really no reason for them to not to you know there, there's nothing outside of their own integrity uh to keep them from doing that what about now, the money? like 
like I said, there that money does exist in this case, so that does mitigate it a bit. I still feel, you know, in these situations where the big, I I don't think the money is the big prize here. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still talking about qualifying into an event with a six-figure prize pool at the end of the year. That still feels like the prize. Speaking of a prize, by the way, sorry to interrupt you. Speaking of a prize, we have Doc Fugu subscribing, resubscribing for eight months. Big thanks to Doc Fugu, providing lots of awesome services for the FGC Translate and all those wacky, crazy thing, crazy alphabets that we don't understand. On top of that, uh, Doc Fugu does a lot of uh, checking up on the events taking place in uh, Japan, uh, specifically the Tokyo area. Uh, also follows the Street Fighter League, so they've got write-ups on all of the preseason events uh, that led up to uh, the 2021 uh, Street Fighter Japan season. So definitely give his blog a check if you can. Uh, and awesome. follow him on Twitter at DocFugu. Awesome. Big thanks to Fugu Tabatai slash DocFugu. Now, Steve, I'm going to counter your point. Here's the thing. I'm a big fan of letting people re-enter tournaments, and if they are good enough to keep that top spot, the top spot is theirs. And I'm even I'm an even bigger fan if it totally affects the auto-qualifier stuff, right? Like, uh, I think they did this with Dragon Ball Fighters, if I'm not mistaken, a little while back, where if somebody who has already gotten a Dragon Ball won a tournament that was offering a Dragon Ball, they were just going to let the last, uh, that spot be chosen by a last chance qualifier. Or they were going to let that spot be chosen by uh, points rankings or something like that, right? Like like how Capcom Cup did its first couple years. Uh, I would much rather see something like that. Because at the end of the day, it's this. If you're having an issue with somebody who's winning too many tournaments, right? The answer is beat them. Is that an easy answer? No. But it's the answer. So I'm a big fan of letting people run the bracket. If they're good enough to show up and win and keep gatekeeping, even though I don't think like gatekeeping might be necessarily the word, if they're you know good enough to be there and to show up and to make it all the way to the top again and again and again and again, as in his nephew's case here, he's won twice in a row, I'm down to keep letting it happen. Because then the answer, the answer then is it's up to the other competitors to put a kibosh on that, right? It's not up to the governing bodies to be like, oh, you can't win the tournament twice, sorry, right? Uh, it's up to the other players to improve, get better, find a way to beat them, and there we go, problem solved. I think I'm a much bigger fan of letting people run brackets and letting people run tournaments and letting people keep taking away those auto-qualifier spots way more so than having that opportunity be taken away from them, whether there is prize money there or not. Now, as far as the collusion thing, I feel like collusion is one of those things that can happen regardless, right? You can have like you can have two people who know each other run into a bracket and one person saying, oh, you go ahead or whatever. Like, that's not just an FGC thing. That's a, like a, literally an everywhere thing. It was actually a big deal in competitive jujitsu a little while ago where people would run into their friends and they would say, oh, you can take the title for this one. So they would never have a finals. So they'd be like, oh, you could take the titles for this one. I'll give you the, you give me the next one, right? So 
I feel like that's a that's a risk inherent in competitive in a competitive ecosystem, regardless of what the situation is. However, I do agree with the fact that yes, having uh having cer- certain situations tend to raise that risk or lower that risk. Regardless, I would rather see somebody staying at the top, winning tournaments over and over again, and pissing everybody else off to the point where other people get better and beat them. I think, if, like, the whole infiltration thing the first year of Capcom Cup, right? He won, like, what? The first four or five Street Fighter Five tournaments? Right? Tokido came in second the first four or five Street Fighter Five tournaments? So, like, I love seeing stuff like that. And seeing people overcome that, I think, is, like, the big, sweet payoff to all of this. So that, that I think, is why I disagree here with not letting people participate in a tournament. I will counter on those events. Uh, when you're talking about Tokido and Infiltration, those were Capcom Cup premiere events, mm-hmm. or CPT premiere events, where you're talking about a significantly larger prize pool that they're playing for in the first place. And also, even without uh, playing that, you're, you're talking about seeding, uh, you know, point, earning points throughout the season, which is useful for seeding for, you know, the main tournament at the end. They're still, if they decided not to give their all at, you know, ECT or whatever, they're still sacrificing something. They're sacrificing the opportunity at earning money, you know, at that event itself. They're also separate, uh, sacrificing the opportunity to position themselves in the best possible place for winning the big, big check at the end of the year. What I'm saying is, in these, in these types of events where it's where the prizing is basically qualification, and that's it. That's where I feel like you have to have something in place, some sort of mechanism to prevent those things from happening. Because, like I said, it opens the door uh, for it happening. It makes it more likely that that will take place. And again, I'm not trying to say that that's what happened this past weekend. Mm -hmm. But what I am saying is that there's at least the perception that that could happen. And I feel like you, if if I'm running, if I'm the czar, uh, the czar of CPT, I want to avoid that personally. I want, I don't want anyone thinking anything is anything less than the up on the up and up on my pro circuit, on the Ace King pro circuit. Well, and here's here's another point to add to this is so the the way that the players would collude in the scenario that we're exploring. The way the players would collude is if that person runs, if the person who is winning multiple tournaments runs into a friend of theirs and they let them have their spot, right? This is the collusion we're talking about. Well, like I would say, if they meet in winners' finals, mm-hmm. you know, if if someone who's qualified meets their friends in in winners' finals, they could, you know, it, it's entirely possible that they'll both give their all and you know, both be fully focused and the result will be the result no matter what. But there is the possibility of, okay, maybe the person who who has already qualified, maybe they take the loss in winner's finals, 
so that their buddy goes to grand finals and they have two chances to knock out the other player who's coming up from losers finals where like, okay, I'll take my shot first. And if, you know, if that doesn't work, then you still have a chance to knock them out to, to get the spot, Mm -hmm. those sorts of situations. So here, can we prove that that's not happening already? That's the thing. Unless unless someone films themselves in the car talking about how, yeah, how they're doing it, I don't think you can outright say that that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here's the thing too. At the end of the day, even so, yes, I, I do agree that that's not an ideal situation, right? However, at the end of the day. The variable here are the other players, right? Because wh- the only matches that are getting affected are the people who do know each other, right? And that's, I feel like that already happens and we just don't know about it. I feel like that's one of those things where that's open to happening in whatever situation we put ourselves in, whether it's the FGC, whether it's regular esports, but by regular esports, I mean like the mainstream esports. Uh, or like even sports tournaments, whatever tournament. I feel like that happens already, and we just don't know about it, right? The thing is, not allowing this, like one of the people to compete in a tournament, I think devalues the tournament in the sense that you're not getting the best competition. So if this person who is winning the brackets decides to lose winner's finals, that person still has to work their way up to grand finals, and the person who won the winner's finals still has to play the grand finals, right? So there is still the variable of all of the other players to prevent this from happening. And if it's one of those things where you have two players who are so good at the game that they're, you know they're going to win and they're going to let each other win, I feel like there's nothing we can do to prevent it, whether we're, inst- whether we're instilling these rules or not, because even with tournaments that... With tournaments that have them banned, yes, you can prevent it. But I feel like that degrades the quality of the tournament. Again, you don't have the strongest players playing. But what about the tournaments that don't have them banned? I feel like that's going to happen regardless. I I feel like we're arguing two different things. You know, I'm I'm when when I'm talking about the integrity of the tournament, mm-hmm. you know, I I feel like if the the number one player isn't in the tournament it's still going to be a good tournament because you've got two through everybody else there for one plus every match is meaningful the one thing that the other part i kind of think about is well if a if that number one player that already qualified player goes through the bracket and then once they get to you know, top eight or winner's finals, whatever, they, they just sort of give up. That screws up everybody else because then everybody before that point had to face, uh, you know, the number one seed. And then everybody after that point, well, the number one seed isn't there anymore mentally. They're physically, but not mentally. I, I, I feel like it just screws up the potential matches, you know, it it screws up a lot of things if the, if they have that situation happen. So I say, you know, let's avoid the possibility of that situation happening. I feel yeah, and that's the thing. It's like that situation does suck, and I 100% agree with you. But that happens already with every other situation, right? How many times have you heard of uh, somebody entering a tournament and then 
not attending top 32 or top 64 because they wanted to commentate instead. And that's not, and that's not me throwing shade to any commentators or anything like that, but that's a situation that has happened. Uh, I've talked about this multiple times on the show where I feel like I got screwed over during one of the Red Bull Battleground online events a couple years ago because Punk signed up for two different brackets and won the winner's finals of our pools, uh, which was me and him, and then got disqualified for signing up for those two different brackets the match after mine, and they couldn't do anything about it. So does it suck? Sure. I think we can approach this two different ways, right? Here's my, my theoretical solution to this problem. If you can demonstrably prove that a player is either sandbagging or is colluding with another player, then you absolutely should and or you, you could and should take action, right? If it's a case where you don't have the tangible proof and... I feel like it's kind of hard for to get tangible proof of something like this happening. What can we do about it? Aside from like just not letting people play. And again, it, and I think this is one of those things where we just differ in the opinions of is disqualifying a player after they've already gotten the auto qualifier a suitable solution or not. I don't think it is just because I would rather see that player play again and run the bracket. However, I do see the value of doing it. So I think it's a, just a difference of opinion at that point. And if, if it were my, I feel like if it were my tournament, I would let them play again. If it was your tournament, you wouldn't, right? I think that's where we are. Yeah, I, I think that's where we're at. Now we have, now here's the thing. We have seen a situation like this. Um, a few years ago, before the Tekken World Tour, there was the regional king of the iron fist circuits uh and the uk version king j got disqualified because at one of the final events uh he was judged to have not given his all against another player or he and uh c Krizzle, uh were judged to have colluded in uh, uh an event there so it does happen or at least the appearance of it has happened i i and i feel like if you're talking about again a tournament where the the main prize is just winning and everything else sort of doesn't matter then i feel like yeah i i i would go with keeping those players out if you're talking about something with a lot of money where yeah second third fourth there's differentiation between finishing in those spots, then yeah, let them play. As long as there's enough to motivate them to give their all the entire way. With this format, I'm not sure that there is enough to motivate them. Okay, I, I think I can agree with that. As long as there's like an alternate prizing, then sure. As long as there's a reason for that player to play, then I guess I can agree with that. Um, and I think we, and the reason why I think I just kind of changed my mind is I think I remembered the situation with IDOM last year right where he had already qualified for capcom cup he joined one of the online tournaments and decided in top like either right before top eight or during top eight that nah, i'm not playing anymore it's too laggy when you have that in your back pocket you can make decisions that you don't normally make but mm -hmm. you know like i said we, we, that's a whole other can of worms yeah well either way i think 
Yeah, I think I can agree with the solution that if there is no reason for this person to enter the tournament other than just winning a bracket, I think we can we can find justification enough to not have them play, right? If the prize is just a qualification spot, I guess I can agree with that. Even though part of me still doesn't want to do it, but I guess I can agree with it. We'll let it go. Uh, somebody else brought up in the chat, uh, Tuhalu said in the chat that if they, if they, did they ever let last chance qualifier spots open up for people who had qualified, I feel like that's a whole different topic because last chance qualifier is like everybody vying for that one spot, right? Then it is a tournament of people just joining. Although, have they done last chance qualifiers for Capcom Cup that had monetary prizes and let and they let people in Capcom Cup enter or no? Not through last did? chance qualifiers. Yeah. There is um, a lot of the regional finals, some some people refer to them as last chance qualifiers. Mm -hmm. And there are financial prizes there, but at Not the like, true LCQs, yeah. no. Yeah. And I think it was kind of what they did with... What was the one tournament that had like a billion last chance qualifiers and it was awesome to watch? Because if somebody didn't qualify, they could just enter the next last chance qualifier. Was it a Dragon I... Ball Fighters tournament or was it a... Well, they or used Grievo. a similar sort of format, um, but I think you're thinking of the KI World Cup, where like the last seven tournaments or like the last seven spots were seven LCQs. You, they ran one, and then if you didn't make it, if you lost in one, you entered the second one, and you mm -hmm. had to win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe um, it was that. I, oh, it was, yeah, Blue said Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour 2018 is the one I was yep. thinking of. I didn't know they did yep, that for the, KO World Cup. I think that's awesome. Sorry for cursing. Yeah. But I think that stuff's okay. amazing. Yeah. And you have, uh, I believe Rick, uh, Combo Breaker Rick, was involved in the organization of both of them. Mm -hmm. So. Or yeah, may, he fan. might not have been, he might not have been involved in KI. I know he, he was involved in the uh, Tekken World Tour finals where or or the king of the iron fist tournament finals where like they had that arcade style tiebreaker where you had to beat both of the players in that three-way tie it consecutively to get in and it was, it, was, it was different it was cool mm -hmm. so for sure i'm a big fan all right steve we've spent enough time beating a dead horse of gatekeeping and i think we kind of well i don't think beating maybe i was too harsh on us here we aren't beating a dead horse i feel like we've arrived at a conclusion that if there is monetary prize, let the person play. If there isn't, get out of here. Go do something else with your time. There's more important things you can do. Let's move on. It's, it's already 7 o'clock. Steve. Oh, wow. This happened a couple weeks ago, and we never got around to it because so much more happened. But we're finally going to talk about it. King of Fighters 15. Not only did we get one gigantic info drop at the... Uh, at the that convention whose name currently escapes me. They had a pre-show with Jeff Keighley, and they announced a bunch of King of Fighters 15 stuff with a gigantic trailer that kicked off the whole show. Now, Tokyo Game Show, there was an even bigger drop. Steve, what did they drop on us? Hopefully, they didn't uh, drop it on our toes. No, uh, they did drop, and like I said, we did apologize. We do apologize because it was something we want we had on our list last week, but. There was just so many things that dropped uh, at once, basically, that we couldn't get to at all. So this was unfortunately the one that 
we had to let go. Uh, I did throw the link to their Tokyo Game Show presentation in chat. Um, I'll also throw it on YouTube in one of these corners. I forget which one it goes to. Uh, but yeah, uh, we got a good, solid look at KOF 15, one of the first ones where you got to look at the mechanics. Um, I did throw a link in the vmix chat if you would be able to pull that up sure go ahead and stall for time will you i'm sorry they, they, i i'm making things difficult for you and i apologize um one of the big things to me that jumped out was it feels like they're trying to do some things to make you spend bar more often in game it it feels like they're trying to get a use less of you know save everything for five bar max mode um the biggest cha the biggest uh component in that is what they're calling shatter strike which is a defensive move here and which yeah it it think of it sort of v shift with the strike attached it does cost one bar to do but if it connects it you do get half of it back and you can combo into it so it's sort of like uh like i said v shift with a little bit of uh focus attack thrown in um it does it can be comboed, but if you miss, it is very, very punishable. So I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot of those sort of, uh, a lot of those in there as well. Um, also, the one of the other big things was that uh, activating max mode costs two bars now instead of one. So. Did you get a chance to to watch any of that uh, presentation at all? Unfortunately, I did not. But with that said, though, the Shatter Strike looks pretty cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Blue said it's like a guard cancel, but more committal. Uh, that, I could totally see that. It's basically like a Guilty Gear Burst at this point, right? Uh, where you can actually combo off of it later. Sorry. You okay? Yes. Sorry. I got a notification on my watch because I got a smart watch fancy uh and it completely threw me off because it vibrated on my wrist i'm like what oh right uh and Weird the fact so, but okay <laughs> i've had this for a while i just like got my charger back for it uh the other thing is uh it does sound like like you were saying like they're forcing people to use more meter and honestly like going into max mode for two bars sounds like a very good way to balance that out So there is also a uh, max mode quick uh, that does, you know, you, that lets you jump into max mode more quickly. The trade-off is uh, in traditional max mode, you do get uh, uh, increased attack power and guard crush strength. Uh, you do not get that in max mode quick. So you'll have a couple different op options to get into max mode. Um, it, it I feel a bit more comfortable uh, with with 15 now. 
I was sort of worried, you know, and maybe unjustly so, because, you know, it, it feels like we've seen characters, we've seen characters, but we haven't really seen the the heart and soul, the meat and potatoes of the game. Now we're starting to get that stuff. Uh, we also had, uh, they also had the first playable demo of KOF 15. And it, um, a lot of the reviews I've, I've seen are good. Um, obviously it's an early demo, so opinions are going to be all over the place, but I did see a lot of positivity around it. Um, I feel like it's in a pretty good place, I have to say. And it's, that's something I might not have been prepared to say a month ago, simply because there was all this mystery about, okay, what's the game really going to play like? Once we actually get into it and get away from, here's a new character. Here are their combos. Buy our game. Here's another new character. Here are their combos. Buy our game. So it's good to see something other than that for once. Yeah, I totally agree. Remember how I was, I, I, I feel like this was last week, but it definitely hasn't been a couple months. Uh, I feel like last time I was, we were watching KOF reveals, I was saying how burnt out I was on KOF reveals. So uh, it's super cool to get more info. And hey, I know they they pushed the game back. It's not coming out until like January, right? Or 2022? February. February. Uh, yeah, it's sad that they've had to push it back, but the game is looking good. I feel like they thought all these systems out. Like it feels like they're finally starting to, like they're, they're looking to release this game on the right foot as much as possible. And I always appreciate the crap out of that. Saved it. Uh, I always appreciate the crap out of that. And I cannot wait for uh, more KOF. I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I wasn't a fan, but now I, I think I'm a fan. Steve, is are, there anything are you ready to shatter? Are you ready to shatter all expectations? Nope. Not yet. Not until February. Okay. I would. Can you at least be ready to shatter most expectations? No, not until December. Half. Mm. Can we get you to half? Bring it down just a little bit more. Thirty-eight percent of expectations. Call it can a thirty-two percent, and we'll call it a deal. Fine. Alon is ready to shatter 32% of expectation. Perfect. All right, Steve, uh, anything else on King of Fighters 15 before we move on? Let's talk about uh, the other game getting a big update. Strive. So for those of you that forgot about Guilty Gear Strive because you've been playing uh, Melty Blood too much, Strive is still around, and it's still a great game, in my opinion. Some people disagree, and that's perfectly fine. However, uh, this past week... They released the Developer's Backyard number eight, which gave us a lot of information on what the next couple of weeks of Strive is going to look like, including the fact that this Friday, they are going to put out the long-awaited big October patch. They also went over a lot of what this October patch is going to look like, and I have that information right here on the screen. So... Big issue or big deal stuff, first of all, is a giant balance change. And they talked a lot about how, well, they talked a lot about how a lot of things are changing for the better. Speaking of people who are good and people who do things for the better, 
Thank you, Blue, for the big resub. 36 months in a row. Steve, is that three years? That is three years. That is three years. Thank you, Blue, for the three-fers. I appreciate you. I'm sure I, we I bet. Go ahead. I bet you Blue is ready to shatter all expectations. And you're only at 31? Come on, well, man. We've moved. I was at 32, first of all. And we've moved on from King of Fighters. Now we're striving for, to be better. Okay? And we're getting there. Let's talk about what they talked about in the developer backyard. First, Steve with the fast math. Absolutely. I, had, I messed it up last time, so I wanted to make sure this was right. Now, the big thing that they talked about is how the last update to Guilty Gear was just a very minor... Well, I don't, think, I don't, I don't know if I want to say minor. It was a balance update, right? They didn't talk about the game mechanics at all, but we saw that they doubled down on the th things that made characters good. Right, no character got nerfed, I believe, with the exception of minor tweaks here and there that may have gone negatively towards one or two characters. But they like really like turned the knob up on the crazy stuff. Like Leo's back turn stance got more options, which was already scary to begin with. Soul got more crazy shenanigans. They didn't even like touch Garuda impact for Potemkin. It was crazy. Now they're talking about. Or for this next change, they're going to change the game balance and they're going to change the game mechanics and the game rules as well. So there's the potential for like the bit. If you really want to like blow that out of proportion, it, there is a potential for Guilty Gear Strive to become a completely different game. There's also a potential for Guilty Gear Strive to become a different game. There's also a potential for Guilty Gear Strive to become more Guilty Gear Strive, whatever that means, which I think is kind of what they're aiming for. So it seems like it's going to be very, very, very substantial. The other things they talk about is, and this was my biggest gripe with Strive, is they finally sent Strive to therapy. Steve, they finally sent Strive to therapy. Do you know what that means? What does that mean? They're go Strive is going to have an easier time communicating with the servers so we're not we're not gonna have these memes of people speedrunning games while they're booting up strive strive has become better at communication that's a big clap that's that's worth that's worth a bit of applause absolutely i 100 agree a couple of other things they're going to change as well uh they are doing various fixes and very improvements to other uh aspects of the game that are kind of subpar they're adding new features. What does that mean? I don't know. And they also mentioned this, which I think is a very important that they mentioned. They mentioned that they're going to change or they're going to work on the way player battles work, which has been requested by so many people since Strive came out. Because right now it's kind of a buggy mess and it's very difficult to spectate other people with the way the lobby system is. So they're, the fact that they're saying, hey, we hear you and we're going to fix it is super duper important. I'm a big fan. Let's dive into it a little bit deeper. As far as these mechanic changes goes, the first thing they announced is that they're going to change how faultless defense works, which is a big deal. Right now, faultless defense is the big... Uh, barrier it's kind of like the push block of the game it makes uh moves that you're getting hit by if you're the person blocking if you faultless defense it makes you more negative on block which means it gives the other player an advantage however it pushes them super far away they're going to be changing that what are they going to be changing it to who knows is it going to be more pushback 
and more frame frame data changes? Is it going to be less frame data changes and more pushback? Is it going to be less pushback, more frame data changes? Who knows? We didn't get that information. I was kind of hoping they were going to have these patch notes out uh, before the show. However, everybody hates best of five, so they're probably going to put it out either right after the show or tomorrow. That's faultless defense. And I think that's a big deal, right? That's a very big aspect of that game. They're going to be incre they're going to be increasing input buffers, which is very interesting for Guilty Gear, right? Because Guilty Gear is usually seen as the game that you have to be very precise about. This worries me a tiny bit. And here's why. I'm someone who is affected by negative edge when games have large input buffers. It took me forever to get used to that for Street Fighter V. I used to, like, I hated playing, I loved playing Mortal Kombat, I hated playing it because I would get hit by negative edge all the time. With Mortal Kombat 10 and Mortal Kombat 11, you can turn it off, which I think is a very big deal. So, I hope it's not what I'm thinking it is and it's going to cause some issues with negative edge. However, it might be easier for people to get reversal timings. Who knows what's going to happen? The fact that they're changing it, I think, is a big deal. Mostly because in past Guilty Gears, it's always been super duper precise. So you can tell that they're like kind of changing the philosophy in the overall game for this. Lastly, for game rules, there, and this is, I believe, it, it feels like it's a Guilty Gear first, right? I haven't played anything before Plus R, but it feels like grabs in Guilty Gear have always been like semi impossible to tech. With grabs being untechable in a lot of instances in older games. They've mentioned that they're going to increase the window for throw breaks for Guilty Gear. So that's huge. I think that's going to change the way this game plays a lot. And mostly, I say that mostly because I was playing some of it today, and I cannot tell you the amount of times I won just by running up and grabbing. And I cannot tell you the amount of times I felt like I teched the throw and didn't get it. So I feel like that's going to be a big deal. Who knows what's going to happen? Those are the game changes. For character changes and for balance changes, they're going to... The, the things that they said they were going to go into is they're changing the startup of the characters fastest normal. Does that mean they're going to be faster? Does that mean they're going to be slower? Yet to be seen. So does that mean instead of having like a three-frame punch or a four-frame punch, we're going to have a two-frame punch? Who knows? What's, what purpose is that going to serve? I'm not entirely sure. Although I do feel like there are a lot of times when somebody's running at me and I try to jab them out of it and it doesn't work. Who knows? Is that what that's going to aim for? We have yet to see. Other things that are going to be changing is the aerial normal counter behavior. So anytime you get a counter hit with an aerial normal, or I, I, think, I think what they mean is if you throw out an aerial normal, you have a better chance of getting counter hit, which is huge because that usually le leads to a lot of uh, big damage combos in Guilty Gear. Like anytime you get a uh, in Strive, anytime you get a counter hit, that's like half health for a lot of characters. So if they're making it easier to get counter hit out of the air, that's going to be very interesting and it's going to change the meta quite a bit. If they're making it, if they're making air to air counters better, that's also going to change a lot. I believe so that's a super uh, that's a super interesting thing that they're thinking about so and that's unfortunately it's one of those things where that's all the information we have so me saying all this is mostly speculative last but not least and this one is really important because this undoubtedly is going to change the way this game feels or the way this game plays rather 
And I think it's going to change the fact that people feel like it's Guilty Gear on rails, right? They're changing the, uh, the number of moves that can be air or air dash canceled. So this is going to, in my mind, the way I'm seeing this is, this is going to open up a huge avenue into different combo routes, into other defensive options, into mix-up options. So I think this change alone, I think, is kind of like the big one. And it's, I think, what's going to change Guilty Gear Strive from, like, if, let's say, like, if we're turned it up to an 8, it's probably going to put it up to a 10. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing. So I'm super excited to see that happen. Uh, and they said, you know, the everybody's favorite ter- uh, favorite trademark term, uh, the patch notes will be coming soon. I just punched my desk. Uh, last but not least, this w- this wasn't necessarily an announcement, but they didn't. Uh, they did say that they are working on the final character. The final character is not coming, or not the final character. Final character of 2021 is not coming out with this patch. However, they are working on it, and they will announce it soon. So. That is the big takeaway. Those are the big takeaways from the developer backyard for Guilty Gear Strive. A lot of really big changes are coming, and they're coming this Friday. I'm going to be playing it. It's going to be interesting. Can't wait. Steve, what are your thoughts? I'm wondering how many expectations you're ready to shatter for Guilty Gear Strive, but not King of Fighters 15. Like I said, I'm just striving to be better. We're going to have to have some words after the show. We, uh, you, I feel like you can strive to shatter some expectations. Mm. But maybe mm. that's just me. I don't know. I think that's just you. <laughs> Kidding. All right, Steve. That was KOF 15. That was Strive. I think this Strive is turning into Strife. Maybe. Who knows? Steve, I think it's time. For us to get to our first, a world first in best of five, quick hits slash block grab, right? We had five topics we wanted to cover, so we merged quick hits and block grab. So in order for us to experience quick hits block grab, here is quick hits block grab. That's all you get. Quick hits block grab. (laughs) I'm glad you like that joke. Now, let's get right into it, Steve. We got some we got some stuff to watch here. First and most certainly not least, also not most, well, maybe most, I don't know. Let's watch this. I'm scared of this music, so I'm going to turn the music off. We'll have it like playing just a little bit. Just a little bit. So that was, uh, this was announced today. Well, details of this was announced today. Red Bull Kumite had been announced uh, a while ago for Las Vegas to take place in November. They did say three games. Street Fighter V was the one they announced, but we don't know the other two until now. Tekken 7 and Guilty Gear Strive rounding out the list. Uh, So there will be last chance qualifiers for uh, all three games. Uh, The finals for uh, Tekken 7 and... Uh, excuse me, Tekken 7 and Guilty Gear Strive will take place on the Saturday, and then Sunday is all about Street Fighter V. No player announcements as of yet, 
but keep an eye on uh, Red Bull Gaming on Twitter for those announcements as they come. Has Red Bull Kumite been about multiple games in the past? I feel like it's only been about Street Fighter, right? Street Fighter's been the main event, but uh, if you'll remember, they did have, before the launch of Strive, uh, the Strive Showcase, where day one was, uh, they had some exhibitions, they had some time with the developer to show off some of the games. So so you're, you've started to see that become less of a Street Fighter thing and more of a FGC thing. But this is the first time that uh, the Kumite will be multiple open bracket games. And the first time it's in the United States, if I'm not mistaken. Or was it in the U.S. before? I feel like it's only been in Europe or Japan. Uh, France, yeah, France has been the spot for the Kumite. They did have other events in Asia as well, but this mm-hmm. is our first crack at it, so hopefully we don't screw it up. Yeah, and hey, Caesar's Palace. You know, everybody's going to go to Bacanao afterwards or something. Or beforehand, I don't know. It depends on how you like to prepare for tournaments or events. But And I, I am interested to see what kind of reception they get because we are now talking about a an organization hosting an internet, a multi-game event in November in Las Vegas with players from all over the world, presumably. Mm-hmm. Mostly the U.S., uh, but I would assume there would be some invited players international. Versus another event that was supposed to take place in November, a uh, multi-game with other uh, with players from all over the world. I'm interested to see uh, the feedback around that uh, in the shadow of Evo canceling their Evo showcase last week. Yeah, well, here's the other thing, too. Do you think this event was supposed to run tangential to the Evo Showcase? Like, was it supposed to be no. Kumite, then Evo Showcase? No. Okay. I now, I, 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 don't think there was supposed to be... Uh, I mean, I certainly they were going to both take place in November, but I don't mm. think they were necessarily going to be like, hey, this is a one-two of events in Las Vegas. Yeah, and I say this because I think that would have been the way to do it if we knew both of these events were running to get everybody there and keep everybody there, right? Uh, Now, here's the other thing. How long has this been in the works? Do they have all of the travel stuff set up? Probably not, or else they would have announced players, I'm assuming. So, Well, I would assume like a lot of that international travel has to be taken care of by now. Mm -hmm. So I feel like them not announcing players is simply because they want to time the announcements mm-hmm. uh, as they go. You know, they want to have that drip feed of of players like, oh, okay, he's going to be there. She's going to be there. Cool. Tomorrow, oh, hey, he's going to be there. Awesome. As yeah. opposed to, hey, here are 25 of the players that are going to be there. Yeah. And they did say 32 champions. Now, was that 32 per game? No, it will be eight for Strive, eight for Tekken, and then sixteen for Street Fighter Five. So the Street Fighter Five tournament will follow the traditional uh, Kumite format. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming there's a last chance qualifier for each game, and not just Street Fighter, right? Or are they doing yes. the last qualifier just for? Okay, cool. 
there will be LCQs for both, uh, for all three games taking place on the Saturday. Cool. Good to know. Very good to know. Steve, let's move on. We're running dangerously short on time here. Let's do a black rad with this trailer. I wish that I could do something to help. Yes. I thought I had to do everything on my own. Me too. But I've made up my mind. So, I'm not gonna lie, when I first started listening to that, I thought it was way too cheesy. However, once we went into the trailer it was pretty cool so what do you think steve the we have the the two the uh the two costumes for uh for ryu and chun li benefiting the breast cancer research foundation which i'm a fan of i like that charity uh what do you think of the costume steve let's do a little block grab let me pull up the image at the very end let's start with ryu on the left what do you think steve block or grab so I'm going to grade Ryu as an unofficial block because I'm not a big fan of the half shoulder thing, but there's no way I'm blocking these costumes. There is absolutely no way I'm going to be the jerk who says no to these costumes benefiting breast cancer research, going to a charity that is... Uh, A-rated uh, by Charity Watch. No, I'm not going to be that guy. It's a grab. Grab all day. I feel like you said block and then you unsaid block, so I'm just going to assume you block, and that's okay. <laughs> I would block <laughs> if it was not a charitable endeavor. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not a fan of, of his costume, but I am a fan of the entire package. So. Okay. Uh, well, I'm gonna grab on the Ryu outfit because I'm a fan. It looks like a weird Gundam outfit, so I'm I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a grab. Now, chat, let me know uh, both for Chun Li and for Ryu. Do you guys want to block or grab? And Steve, what about Chun Li on the right? Block or grab? Um, I I have to point out that the uh since it's one of two costumes that means 50% of the costumes in this pack are Chun-Li costumes mm -hmm. which means this is legally considered a chundle yep. so based on that I'm going to have to grab cool yeah no I'm grabbing for the chundle as well any addition to the chundle is a good addition to the chundle the chundle does it's rule all Although, again, it's got this weird thing where it's like this jacket that is circling the boobs for no reason other than we want it to circle the boobs. Well, um, that's the emphasis. Like, what Steve. is the but, but what's the point of it? You know, a jacket is supposed to cover you up. It's not covering. Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't, look, Steve, if you're going to go... Again, grabbing. If you're... <laughs> If you're going to go with the whole aspect of what's the point of this outfit, not like 
taking the charity stuff aside, if you're going to go with what's the point of this outfit, I feel like there's a lot of other outfits that you need to look at first before going through with well, this one. Well, I'm I think willing this to look at those outfits. Issues. You I'm willing to look at those outfits. If you want to have like a a three-hour block grab, we'll go through it. We will. We'll have a we'll have a, a Chundo block grab special, a three hour show coming soon. If we raise like two hundred subs within the like until November, so there you go. We're it's in the works, and you can quote me on that. And if we do get two hundred subs before November, we'll make a three hour Chundo special. Are I'm we talking grab. about on YouTube or Twitch? Both. Now, I'm gonna grab again. I like the whole like armored look of it i think that's pretty cool and it like plays into the whole like oh we're not alone or whatever which is still kind of cheesy i think maybe i'm gonna block the trailer but i'm gonna grab the overall uh the overall uh package here both uh for reasons that it is a charitable organization that is very highly rated and very well thought of which and this was the same uh charity that they were playing the panda tournament for that sharpie was a part of uh last week right i think it was the same i believe so I believe so. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, no, I'm a fan of both costumes. Big grabs all around. I didn't see no block except for Steve blocking both costumes. Uh, so congratulations, Steve, for hating on charities all over the world. Now, uh, uh, it's also important to point out that Capcom is going to donate 100% of the proceeds from these from the sales of these costumes over the next month to. Uh, the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. They've also committed to making that a minimum of twenty five thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it, it is awesome to see. Yeah, it's great. Too bad you blocked it. Uh, now, <laughs> let's let's get to our final announcement of the day that is on Quake Hits, and this one doesn't seem like it's tangential to us. However, it is. Let's take a gander, shall we? I almost clicked the wrong button. The launch of G4. That's right, November 16th, 2021. There, we said it. It's happening. We're committed for realsies. Let's go. See you there. So, G4 is back. Now, you might be thinking, hmm, what does G4 have to do with TFGC? Not much. However, if you looked on their website, one of the they kind of listed off some of the shows that they were doing, and this is something that they are doing on Twitch, and they're taking some of the content that is going to be live streamed on Twitch and putting it on an actual TV network. And I think they said they were working with Comcast and FiOS. Uh, yeah, they carriage carriage agreements with both. Yeah, so. And they announced all the personnel. Unfortunately, uh, I know Fugu was, Doc Fugu was saying he'll watch if Sharpie's on it. Sharpie's not on it, unfortunately. Uh, if you recall that whole campaign that they did, they took Xavier Woods slash Austin Creed. Uh, so he will be on there. Also, uh, the Golden Voice. Uh, what, what's his name? Golden Neo? Neo? No. Oh, I, yeah, Golden Boy Neo. Golden Boy Neo. Thank you. I'm a big fan of his. I just always forget his name because there's Golden and there's Neo. Uh, along with a lot of other on-stream personalities, YouTube personalities, a bunch of other stuff. So G4 is officially coming back. It's almost, it feels like it's almost like 2008 again. One and of the things also... I wanted, one of the things I did want to mention. I'm sorry for cutting you off, Steve. The reason why we're bringing this up on the show is they have a deal with ESL. That's what I was gonna say. 
Yeah, they have so a deal with they, ESL. They are going to air a lot of ESL esports competitions on G4. Uh, we would imagine that fighting games may be part of that at some point, um, especially if we see a new uh, NRS fighter because of the partnership that they've had over the years uh, with NetherRealm. So we can expect to see some fighting game content on there in some form at some point. But yeah, we'll and see I mean, exactly ESL when was also that will be. ESL was also responsible for doing the tournament logistics for the Intel Open. Am I correct? Am I? Okay, yeah, I, I remember that right. Yeah, so now I know there was the last time G4 tried to have FGC stuff on it was when G4 tried to broadcast Evo, and I remember that being kind of a not great partnership at the time. So hopefully it shades of that will not be sneaking in and we'll have a great, like the FGC will have a nice spot in G4. Uh, so yeah, and I'm super interested to see what they do because again, they're from what I read and from what I'm understanding is their primary focus is live streaming on Twitch and they're taking an edited version of the broadcast that they do on Twitch and putting it on TV. I think that's their way of kind of uh, making things safe as it were for the television and for the FCC. Well, there, there's some of that, but there's also, you know, there's going to be stuff that I don't think will be on their Twitch channel, including Ninja Warrior, mm -hmm. which I'm, I'm glad Ninja Warrior's coming back. The yeah. original in some yeah. form. Yeah. Sasuke, Sasuke, I think it's called. Yeah. Let's go. And, and they have, uh, they have a license to broadcast and they also have a couple of tournaments that were never aired on the U S. So that's exciting. A couple. Yeah. So, that's really exciting. They're also bringing back, you know, the mainstays, Attack of the Show, X-Play, yada, yada. We're back. They're back. I don't, shouldn't say we. I got not affiliated with them at all. And that's not me being funny about it. I, I just said something wrong. And now I feel like since I put a big emphasis on it, it feels like I am and I'm trying to not be, but I genuinely have nothing to do with G4. Who's behind G4? It's uh, Blair Herder, Adam Sessler, Comcast, which worries me. Uh, is Morgan Webb coming back? I have no idea. You, you can go to their website so. and find out, g4tv.com. So, it's a g4.tv. I don't know. Anyway, so, more stuff to look forward to in the future, and that comes out next month. So, uh, good times. It feels like it's 2008 again. As long as they don't have cops, I think we'll be fine, or cheaters or whatever they started running when the network gave up both uh i believe cops is exclusive to fox nation at this point they were running some ads they were running some ads for that uh during nfl games yesterday or on sunday excuse me um while we have everyone here before we go um i would highly highly recommend that if you are you know those of you watching on twitch or have a twitch account Change your passwords, change your your stream keys, uh, enable two-factor authentication if you can, because uh, the last story we're going to be covering is the Twitch hack. And if you haven't heard of this, you might be thinking, well, what, what data got leaked from Twitch? And it, Twitch, 
everything. Just the whole thing. Everything. So, so the list of things confirmed to have been included in the leak is the source code of the entire website, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the mobile and console apps. Which already is... I'm going to let you finish that list, but it's already a problem because last week, somebody found out through the caching system of the website that they can change the information of the website to everybody without like actually having backend access. So early last week, they somebody changed all of the game headers. Like If you clicked on the category for a game, they changed all of the game headers to a Jeff Bezos face. So that means, essentially, if somebody really wanted to be really malicious about this, is they could basically make Twitch redirect you to another website. That's scary. Yeah. So that is certainly, that's in there. Um, Also, what's been gathering a lot of uh, attention on social media is uh, creator payouts Mm -hmm. for pretty much every creator on the platform for the past three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've also got stuff like uh, security tools that were included uh, info uh, about a Amazon Game Studios competitor mm-hmm. or, or uh, excuse me a, a competitor to Steam yep, they were by Amazon Vapor. Game Studio yeah they were yeah. going to call it Vapor well that's the code name for it or whatever but yeah Yeah, and part one was about a terabyte and a half of data. So that's terrifying. I do know that somebody was saying that nothing has changed. I know recently people have found uh, ban logs and how there are some Twitch streamers who have the ability to circumvent some bans, right? Like I know they released a document where they have uh, the reports list and it's, it says, like, oh, the person got reported for what? X. Person got reported for what? X. However, don't suspend email, whatever their partner manager is. I'm assuming it was censored in the document I saw, which it sucks that it wasn't censored in the original document because I'm sure those people are getting a lot of emails, and that really does suck to get docs like that. But it does kind of show that there are some people who have a theoretical bullet vest here on Twitch as far as getting uh, not getting banned or suspended. Um... And somebody had said, like, people are saying, like, we're, they're sad to see us not in the top 1,000. Look, I don't think we're in the top, like, million. Yeah, like, we're, we're, like, way at the bottom of the barrel. But I also want you guys to understand something. Because I recently found this out, and it kind of blew my mind. There are more people streaming on Twitch than there are viewers. That's something to keep in mind. So if you, have your, if you have a stream and you have five viewers, five concurrent viewers, you're at the top 20%. There are that many people streaming to less than five concurrent viewers. So we might be in the top like 10% maybe. I'm, I don't know exactly that. But as far as payouts go, we maybe get like $5 every few months. <laughs> so, uh, but I think... I do think it's very interesting that 
the creator payout thing was such a big deal because that's been public information for the most part for a long time, right? The subscriber numbers are available publicly. All you have to do is multiply that by two and a half. And there you go. You have most of their earnings, uh, their monthly earnings. However, that document uh, that had the top 100 uh, people on Twitch did also have like ad money as well involved somehow. So it's one of those things where I feel like how much someone is getting paid doesn't matter. If you enjoy the content and you have the money to throw at them, go for it. If you have that Amazon Prime and you haven't used it, use it on us because we need it more than everybody else. Kidding. Ish. Uh, but at the, you know, I, I feel like that was a really weird discussion of people being like, oh, why are they paid this much or whatever? It's like, you, like we knew these people were millionaires. It doesn't matter. They're still funny. I'll give them money. That rhyme. I was a poet and I didn't even aware of it. Steve, do you have any final thoughts on the Twitch leak or anything we've talked about today? Um, the only thing I can say is I'm I'm gonna spend the next week getting preparing you to shatter your expectations. That's it. Fine. Uh. Yeah, no, uh, so what uh, what Fugu was talking about is how the money that people make, whether it's very little or a lot, isn't necessarily the problem or the, the big discussion point. But the fact that Twitch provides a free platform that enables that, I think, is super important. And I totally agree with that. Uh, and Shay is asking uh, that or is asking that where to see someone's sub count if they don't have a sub command. And if you like if you literally Google like Twitch stats, there are. There are lots of websites that will let you that will let you look up somebody's stream and see how many subs they have and concurrent viewers and all that. Like all that information's out there. Uh but I do agree with Shay too. Uh they're saying that only Ang can shatter or only Ang Steve can shatter our expectations. So Steve, I expect you to have your Ang outfit on for this Halloween. Make it happen. I gotta make a new one. I lost it in one of in uh, one of the moves. So. Oh, man. All right. Well, it is 737. I think this is as good of a time as any to call it. So that's going to be the end of this week's episode of Best of Five. I want to thank everybody for joining. I want to thank everybody who resubbed, followed, watched, whether you're here on Twitch chat, whether you we're here on YouTube, whether you're out there listening to us in your car on your way to work or listening to us like when your boss is yelling at you or something. I don't know. Thank you for being with us. We super appreciate it. Know that we're here because you are here. And that's all that matters. Thanks, everybody, for watching the show. This has been an episode of Best of Five. My name is Elon. Here is my information. Also, if you haven't noticed what changed about this episode, uh, if you're watching us visually by this point, I don't think there's any way of helping you. So I'm still not going to say what it is. Steve, I hope you don't either because at this point, I don't think they can be helped. This has been... The main squeeze, Steve Ace King Off Suit Jerick. You can follow him at Ace King Off Suit. Steve, thanks for being on the show with me today. Thank you for having us. Really it's, appreciate it. It's my pleasure. That was the royal we, by the way. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, I agree. Blue, open your eyes. Blue says he doesn't know. All right, you know what? Screw it. You guys are helpless. Look at this. Look at this right here. This is different. Steve worked hard on this, and y'all aren't even noticing it and thanking him for it. Forget everything I said about me being here, because Steve cut his hair. Yes, too, that too. 
Man, you guys are blind. It's okay. We, we still love No, you. it's not. We are detail-oriented people here in the FGC. I'm kidding. Maybe. But anyway, this has been Best of Five. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Remember, email us, bestofvshow at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about this. Let us know what you think about Steve's new haircut. Let us know what you think about us. You know, be, be, be real. Roast, roast me. You know what? Yeah. Not, not that real. I don't hold up, hold up, hold up. I, I, I have an idea. Look, bestofvshow at gmail.com. Roast me. I'm going to share the best roast on the show next week. Oh, two weeks from now. I'm not going to be here next week. Two weeks from now. I'll share the best oh, roast right. that I can share on stream. So, wait, get is, to it, it. is it next week or two weeks? Because I, I thought it was going to be the one oh. after. No, yeah, you're right. It's two weeks. So, yes, next week. Sorry, I got my dates mixed up. I'm going to see Formula One in two weeks. Next week, I'll share the best roast we get in our email. Bestofvshow at gmail.com. Send it over. Stream appropriate, please, because I do want to share this on stream. If you just want to hurt my feelings, you could do that too, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why you would want to, but know that it will hurt. And I'll be thinking about it for way too long. I'm rambling. Let's get out of here, Steve. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Good night, Canada. That uh, Steve, say it, say it like with gusto. Good night, Canada, with gusto.